What's up, everybody? This is Ultimate Take, and I am your host. Welcome back. On this episode, we went to the Upside Down. That's right, baby. We had to. It's the time of the year. It's We got Halloween coming around. Stranger Things is coming around. The new Halloween movie just came out. So we said, fuck it. Let's go deep. And we got the best psychic medium out in the motherfucking world to do it for us. We got in touch with AJ Barrera. Now, I just saw AJ Barrera's show at the Bray Improv recently with uh, Momo Rodriguez and Hefty and our good friend, Gil Carrillo. And it was legendary, man. I, I don't really go into those things like a skeptic, but I definitely go in a little open-minded. And it was it was surreal, dude. It was really crazy to see him do his work. And you leave going, okay, man, there's something there. And we got to talk about that a lot in this episode, man. It, it was phenomenal, dude. AJ's a hell of a guy, and the work he does is just... Uh, it's unbelievable, man. So I really don't want to give away too much because, well, we talked about it in the episodes. So that's the whole point. So uh, I'm just going to shut up here. Without further ado, I bring to you the great psychic medium, A.J. Barrera. Hey, what's up, Danny? Hey, Mr. Barrera. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. You can call me AJ. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Coming with respect. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You got it. Well, for all you alternate take listeners, today we got the legendary psychic medium in the house, AJ Barrera. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, of course. I had to, honestly, because um, I was, like I said, I was at your show over there at the Bray Improv, and uh I'm not a big skeptic when it comes to things like that. I'm definitely an open-minded person, but uh, holy shit, man, that changed that changed a lot for me. That was a very interesting <laughs> experience. I appreciate it, man. You know, I, I strive on evidence when I do this work because you know I came across this work as someone who wasn't always a, you know a big believer in this work. I was always fascinated in you know certain TV shows like Bewitch, I Dream a Genie, The X Files, so on, Twilight Zone, all these shows. And you know, for me, I had to understand like how to get the message across to people because if I was sitting on the opposite side of a person, I want to know evidence. I don't want to hear like, oh, you just got someone that passed away with their a pain in their chest. That could be anyone, but if you give detailed, specific information. That that's what it's all about. Yeah, that I totally agree, man. I think that was what was telling about your work is anyone can go in there and have that skeptic mindset and then assume that, like, oh, well, he's using uh minor details, he's using vague questions, and he's pulling right. up the information from them. And that wasn't the case at all. They were like, Oh, yeah, this this person, this name, and then someone will stand up in the audience and be like, That's my uncle. You're like, Holy shit, dude, what's happening right now? Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super amazing because it was my first time being on stage since uh, I think February of 2020. So when the pandemic hit, I actually had to cancel all my tours, all my events and everything else. So everyone went to Zoom and working from home and this and that. And uh, I teach all my classes online and workshops and all my readings are done via Zoom. So for me to be back on stage and doing this, uh, when Momo asked me, he goes like, hey, man, he goes like, let's do this again. A lot of people are asking for it because we did it in 2019 at the Bray Improv and uh, doing it again just felt amazing. And they gave me more time, Bray Improv, like they were supposed to give me only like, I think like 30 minutes. And I think I went an extra 45 minutes or whatever. And they kept on flashing the red light at me, like get off stage. And I, and I finally said like, all right, I got to finish up here. But it, it, it's super amazing. It's super amazing. And the readings are, are just that 
evidential for people to understand that, you know, there's still survival after death and the soul still survives after that for sure. Yeah. You know, I actually went for a, a to support a good friend of mine. Gil Carrillo is a good friend of ours, uh, recurring guest in the podcast whatsoever. Uh, hell of a dude. So we went to support him and it was a surreal experience because I've never seen comedy like that where it's, you see it a lot. I, you know, I related it to like a Mexican party. That's what I related <laughs> it to where like there's laughter, then there's crying, then there's laughter again, then there's crying. And then it was like all celebration at the end. That's what it felt like because I was like, wow, Momo came in, he killed it, did a great job on stage. And then, um, forgot his podcast guest uh oh don hefty yeah he came in he was super funny they did their thing and gil came on and then you came on and don't get me wrong there was moments of, of it being funny but then it got serious and they got like a lot of crying and but like in a good way emotional and then it got oh, back yeah. to funny again and i was like this is like being at a party this is phenomenal shit <laughs> i i love it i love it i appreciate that because you know what this work is not all about sadness even though we're reconnecting with our loved ones who are passed over in spirit there's also fun moments and i always tell people like when i'm on stage or doing readings I'm not a funny person. It's more so spirit. That's the funny people that bring through the information, the humor. And I just let it go and let it flow or, you know, naturally organically. And, you know, there's moments, I mean, you were there in the audience. I mean, I think it was the last reading or the second to the last reading. I mean, I was giving all this information and specifically this gal was like, Oh, I have this mom figure that's in spirit. And there's something with cancer in the eye and this and that. And, and I would, and everyone was standing up. Like I had all these people in that same section standing up. I'm like, Nope. Nope, nope. And I just know because it's a it's a feeling is the best way I can describe it. What I know if it's correct, it's it's a vibration. And the best way I can describe it, it's like the gut feeling or the chills where I know I'm with the right person. And finally, when I said like I kept on hearing that song, uh, wake up little Susie, and all of a sudden this girl raised her hand. She goes, Oh, my mom's name Susie. She had an eye cancer thing. I'm like, What? You wasted 10 minutes, like and I, everything made sense. The the death and I mean, just like it was unbelievable. It was truly unbelievable. <laughs> it really was. Well, you know what? I like to actually start from the beginning, man. Um, that's what I usually like to do with my guests because I feel like their their childhood is a huge part, like part of who they are now as adults. So, yeah. um, where did you grow up and all that good stuff, man? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was born in Hollywood, California, and uh, we were raised in Hacienda Heights, uh, California, which is a small suburban city. Uh, those who are familiar with it, surrounding you know um, La Puente, Whittier, you know. Um, Roland Heights, you know, all that little area as well. So it was a small little city. You really drive through it and pass through it, basically. You know what I mean? So um, I grew there for, grew up there for 16 years and uh, my life was pretty normal. Honestly, it wasn't like I had like any near death experiences growing up. I didn't see spirits as a kid. I did not have like, um, you know, spirits coming around and tell me certain things. It was more so curiosity than anything else that kind of helped me grow into the individual that I, that I am today. Um, a lot of it is because of my upbringing, because of my parents and my grandparents on both sides of the family. My, my grandparents on my mom's side are, are very devout Catholics and still like devout Catholics. I mean, if you want something to happen, my mom would always say, ask grandma to pray, ask your grandparents to pray if you want something to happen, because it was ingrained. And we went to you know Catholic school and, and went to catechism and, and First Holy Communion. Though, So that religion was, was part of us. It's still part of me today. And I don't go to church every day, but I still believe in God. I still believe there's a source, if you want to call it people who are not open to maybe religion, um, whatever their belief is, but there is a higher power is what I like to call it. And, and I really believe there's balance with religion and spirituality. They blend beautifully together. So during that time frame growing up, you know, I have an older brother um, who's not a big believer in this work at all whatsoever. He will, you know, send his friends and, and other people, coworkers and say, hey, check out my brother, but I don't believe in it. Check him out, but I don't believe in it. And his friends will come back after having a reading. They go like, dude, your brother's creepy, this and that. And I'm like, well, he goes, well, I still don't believe in it. You know what I mean? So my brother is probably one of my biggest skeptics. Support at the same time. It's like a balance that he has. And my two sisters, I have an older sister. Uh, I believe she's 
40 or 41 and uh you know she's open to it she's very sensitive and then my younger sister who's i think 30 32 or 31 and she's very sensitive I, I really believe if she started doing this work she would probably be better than i am um because she comes from a natural source and natural ability and we're so in sync with each other i mean we don't even have to talk to each other or text i mean or we you know, it's just synchronicity. We just vibe on the same level. So it was pretty normal. You know, I went to junior high school. I started working with um, tarot cards from sixth grade to eighth grade and telling telling people around what I was sensing, what I was picking up here. And to me, again, it was curiosity. I was like, ah, maybe I'm just a good guesser. Maybe I'm just guessing this information. Maybe I'm making this all up because I'm like, I really had to understand what it, what, what it was that was going on. Like, why was it having these dreams, these premonitions, these visions? It wasn't like, again, talking to the dead. That did not come later until I was, uh, uh, what do you call it, a freshman in high school. Um, when my high school mentor, Ellen Marin, she's the one that told me that I had the ability to communicate with the other side. I had no idea at all whatsoever. So things kind of happened naturally. But for me, looking back at my life, it was, again, I, I wasn't the popular kid. I was a quiet kid, kept to myself. Um, you know, I always joke around saying the wind was my best friend, the tree was my other friend, you know what I mean? So it was just kind of like, wasn't a really normal life. I did have friends, but it wasn't a big click. And I always kept to myself. And now that I've gotten older over the years, like I, I, I love speaking. I love sharing this work and teaching people. It's not just about the readings. I love educating people and teaching people how to tap into their natural born abilities, their intuitive abilities, because we're, we all have it. We're not all mediums, we're not all psychics, but we all can um, embrace that mediumistic ability if we choose to work on that level. For me, I just worked with my brain, which is a muscle that I worked with it quite often to recognize signs and signals, energies, colors, auras, um, all that stuff to be where I'm at. And for me as a, as a medium, I've been doing this work for now 20 years, which I can't believe um, professionally. And it's, it's an understanding that I'm always going to learn. I'm always going to grow every year, every day that I'm one from spirit. So my job as being a medium is, is never done because there's always new lessons that spirit wants to teach, not only me, but for all of us and listening audiences as well. As well, well it, honestly, that's a true sign of success, to be honest, is when you have that mindset that I'm always looking to learn. Because anytime someone sees that, it's just like uh, humility is always a good look on everybody. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. and it always knows that like the guy that is doing this work, he, he's he's about his shit. He's not here to mess around with you. He's He's taking it seriously and he understands he's about to tap into something very serious, whether it be for you or for him. And the fact that you have that mindset is, is phenomenal. Also, I wanted to mention, um, you're talking to La Habra kids. So I, I know, I know <laughs> pretty well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to go down to, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but when I was younger, my brother would take me and we'd go to a little bar. I think it was right, right off of uh, where Hacienda turns into beach. And I can't remember what it was, but it was a little, kind of bar pull tables and everything it was kind of uh, like one of those places i can't remember but i don't think it's still there yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> draft picks was another one <laughs> draft picks the galley i could tell you a bunch of them for sure <laughs> oh man good times all we have is bars and selena's tires we don't got shit else in la Habra, right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, i'm a local and i get i get the big brother thing too trust me my big brother is a He's my biggest fan of the podcast, but you'll always tell everyone, I hate my brother's podcast, but check it out. It's pretty cool. I don't like right, it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's siblings, right? I mean, you yeah. can't, you can't, you got to take it with a grain of salt, basically. You know what I mean? And, and appreciate, at least they're supporting you and supporting and passing the word down, basically, or putting yeah. the, the mention out there, which is always super cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Richie. He's Bob. That's all right. No big deal. You know? oh. <laughs> my mom, funny story. 
funny story that you brought that up. It's so crazy. My mom, when I when I first started doing this work, because and and this is kind of going into you know my my growing up and how things happen, you know, of my beliefs and the ideology of how it all works and going into all that stuff was that I wasn't planning to be a medium at all whatsoever. My background was to uh, I was going to. Um, uh, Rio Hondo, I was taking classes and I wanted to be uh, a firefighter. I wanted to be a police officer. So I was taking classes in, in my fire science and doing all my um, classes that I needed to take. And uh, within a couple of months, you know, um, someone submitted an email, said, hey, check out this guy. There's a radio show called, um, it's actually a radio station, Coast 103.5 in Burbank. And they had a show called Angels in Waiting. And they said they had mediums on there, maybe about three of them. And they would interchange them and they have, you know, these mediums do um, readings for people all across the U.S. that would call in, submit emails. And they brought me in the studio and they said, hey, you know, let's screen you. So they had me do like six different phone readings for different people like on the fly. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wasn't even prepared for this. And uh, after I was done with all the readings, they were shocked because I was 19, I think 19 and a half at the time, which I was still doing the work. You know, I was still doing house calls and all that stuff. But when things happened, they said, OK, we'll see you next week. I was signed on the show for five and a half years. We went into K-Big, we went to syndicated and things of that nature. So I didn't have a website. I was giving out my cell number on the radio because I'm like, oh, nothing's going to come of this because I thought it was going to be one appearance and I didn't know it was going to be a contract type of thing. And, and Spirit opened up that door and allowed me to do this work because I really don't go out searching for, you know, media or attention and this. And I'm actually a really private person, even though I do this work publicly and I do a lot of different things with say BuzzFeed and so on and so forth. It's just staying grounded. That's the main thing my parents and even my wife has taught me is stay grounded, stay humble. Long as you do that, you'll be fine. And I always keep that because you have to come from a place of where you come from, of your 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 beliefs. And if you believe that you're doing the right thing, if you believe you're doing the job correctly, then God will still protect you and guide you on this path. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because we actually kind of went over that on our last episode we had with our with our last guest. And we we talked about people that are in the white collar field, but keep a blue collar mentality while they're in there. And that's really what keeps them grounded. Like it keeps them good off off their work, whatever they're doing. It keeps them stable. They don't really crave the public light as much as people think they do. But when they do it, they take it seriously and they do it effectively, which is the most important thing. But they're most I guess the best part about them is that when they're off, they're good to go, you know. 100%. And, and you have to, you know, I, I use the term when I'm doing this work, you know, either publicly or in, in private readings or working straight here from my home office is that, you know, when I'm working with spirit and, and you know, bringing up information from my guides or giving intuitive advice, because I, I don't just do the mediumship, which is just connecting with the other side. I'm also a psychic where I help people guidance in their life, things that nature. So for me, when I clock in, I'm, I'm clocked in. When I clock out, I clock out. So basically, I open up my chakras, I ground myself, protect myself. When I'm done with clients and work, I shut down. And, and that's how it all works. So when I'm out at the grocery store, I'm not walking up to a lady and saying, hey, I have your dad here, and this is what he wants to tell you. First of all, that's a no-no, and that's not ethical to do. So when I see that, I cringe sometimes where I'm like, you know, and, and, and I don't, and again, people kind of do that because that's how they were taught or that's how they believe how it all works. So we all have a different way of working, but, you know, typically it's kind of like invasion of privacy is the way I see it. So think of it like, say I go over your house and we don't really know each other, but I help myself to everything in your fridge. I eat everything, drink everything. And I'll say, hey, Danny, thanks for having me over. And I walk out and leave. It's kind of like, what the hell happened? What did he, why he didn't even really hang out? Like it's invasion. You're invading someone's invasion, invading someone's privacy. So it's kind of the same thing. You have to have respect and ethics when you do this. It's like, you know, having company over. You want to be respectful to everyone, not only the physical, but those who have passed over. Oh yeah, that's that's true to for sure to an extent. I, I definitely think though also like, do you feel like there's a I want to say like a 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Would you feel like when you see that in public, does that have to like make you go talk to them at least a little bit? Do you feel like, man, I feel like an obligation. Obligation is the word I'm looking for. Does it feel like an obligation where like, I don't want to intrude on their privacy, but I feel like this person's here for a reason. And I might, I, has that ever happened to you where you felt like this for this, for some reason, this moment, I do feel like I have to tell them, you know, and it's even as uncomfortable as it may be for you, you feel like it's something that you have to do. I would say when I was much younger, you know, growing up and doing this work, because again, there wasn't really any filter that I had. I did not really know how to like ground myself fully. So it, there could have been moments that, I mean, I can tell you, there've been many moments where I could have been at a restaurant or at a, at a grocery store or somewhere. And it was like, it was kind of like a little kid saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? But spirit was very persistent in wanting to kind of make its message known to that person. So there were times that I would give those messages to that, to those individuals. And and then I realized over the years of understanding the ethics, the background of that, which was like kind of like I cringed when I'm because I looked back and I was like, yeah, that wasn't nice. So that wasn't really great. But, you know, now that I'm older and doing this work and, you know, there's not really moments like that where I feel like an urgency where I have to need to go and tell a message. Because, again, typically when I'm off, I'm, I'm usually off, but there's not a lot of moments that happen. I mean, there have been certain moments like, say, I'm hanging around friends or things of that nature and. I, I tell them a word, a message or something like that, not from the loved ones, but something that's going on in their life. And they're like, thanks, man, I appreciate it. Or, you know, I wasn't expecting this to happen. So when moments like that, it's just usually around people that I'm hanging around with. It's not usually just random people. Wow. I respect that. That's awesome. Um, you said you started, you started feeling these things like in junior high. What was that like? I, I imagine, like you said, you know, in junior high, the only thing I really give a fuck about was, you know, getting girls in sports and then, you know, <laughs> My friend walking down the hallway, AJ Brer over here is like, you want to know your future? I'm like, no, right. am, I, am I getting late or not? That's the only thing I want to know. <laughs> right. So junior high, I mean, that was, uh, it was different. It was definitely different. I mean, like I remember seeing a bunch of auras and colors. So around people when they were walking down the halls or walking around, it wasn't like every single person, but I would see a lot of different colors and I did not know what each color meant. So I had to kind of build my own symbolism, my own meaning. And obviously I, I did, you know, look into um, libraries and, and I think we had dial up internet at the time, you know, which was like AOL or net, you know, net zero, whatever the stuff was back then that we had dial up. And those people that don't remember are, you know, younger generations, most of them don't even know what dial up internet is. And so that the struggle was real back then. So when someone called, you would get disconnected from the internet. So that's how difficult it was. Like, so for me, it was trying to devolve, you know, you know, get into everything, like put my hands into everything. I was like a sponge. I wanted to know everything, read everything. And there wasn't a big library, you know, um, of books at, at my high school or even junior high school, for the matter of fact. I mean, there was hardly anything that was left behind. And the new age section probably had like five books, if anything else. And so for me, I try to read everything and I would go to the library quite often. So just to understand. So once I learned about like the psychic work, healing, crystals, you know, meditation, protection, all that stuff. I did not know I was doing right. I didn't know, know what I was doing, to be quite honest, because I was a kid. My parents were, weren't big believers in what I did because of um, what I do. You know what I mean? Because back then they thought it was just a phase and like, it's a phase that he's going through. It's a phase that he's going through. And so I actually believe I still have, yeah, I still have my, my, my tarot cards from sixth grade that I still have on my shelf. It's called the writer's deck. And I've been using these cards for, for many, many years, you know, through, I guess those three, four years I was using them 
And, uh, you know, people thought I was weird. Like I said, I wasn't the cool kid at all whatsoever, you know? I mean, I had my own issues and I, I was very quiet and I wasn't for attention. I think people thought I was craving for attention, but I, I did not I did not like attention, but I just felt like there was something that was there that was calling me. So if that was God, if that was spirit, the universe, there was a voice pulling me into a section saying like, just listen, just pay attention, go with your gut. And that's what I did. And uh, when I went to um, my high school, that's when my mentor kind of like really allowed the doors to open up. And when those doors opened up, I mean, she taught me everything that I could, you know, everything. Like I had her for all four years. If it was for AP, art, science, you know, teacher's aid, this and that, like I had it for everything. I would go to school early just to talk with her. And after school, I would help her clean up her art brushes and we talk. I mean, like I wanted to know everything about this work. And, you know, so for me, it was really trying to um, understand it really, because again, I, I, you know, think of me as a lost kid basically in this work and trying to find, you know, the reality, is this a reality or is this all made up? Am I making this up? Do we have this ability? So, you know, is it mediumistically? Is it, you know, just psychic work? So there, there was many different things that happened over the years that seemed to be normal for, for, for me, but I think it was very odd for a lot of different people because, you know, growing up as a kid, like, I think it was probably, you know, in elementary into my, my junior high that I would be like, caller ID before they even hack caller ID. Like I would tell my parents like, hey, so-and-so, or uh, that's I'm calling or this and that. And my parents, it would be someone they wouldn't have talked to in a long time. And they would look at me and they say like, what the heck are you, how did you know that? And so for me, it was just tapping into that. So kind of think of of any of us who are who are listening and, and are gonna want to tap into to their natural intuitive abilities, kind of like play with, with certain things, like how many pieces of mail you're gonna get in it. You know, is it gonna be, three bills, you know, five pieces of mail, how many flyers. So you can start building intuition. How many colors are going to come through in the mail? Like what are going to be the brightest colors that I see if it's orange, red? So it's kind of like using your ESP to tap into that. So there's many different ways that we can tap into energy, but it's just recognizing what energy is because a simple thing that you can do, Danny, is just like, if you want to sense energy, you just kind of put your two hands together, either rub them together and, and then you play with it and you may feel a vibration in between and then you can stretch it and pull it. If you just close your eyes, that's a simple way of feeling energy but more more and more that we recognize the energy the more that we're able to connect with our own loved ones and our own our, our own intuition excuse me yeah you know i think uh recognizing that energy in itself and having the like courage to follow it is is a talent in itself because i think anyone can have a natural talent and whatever it may be but a lot of times we psych ourselves out and we don't really give our chance or give ourselves a chance to really follow through with it because we're afraid of failure or afraid of being weird the only kid whatnot and um, for you to actually double down and go, no, I feel something here. And for you to, and for the coincidence to be involved with a teacher like that, who was around, who, I mean, I don't even believe that might be a coincidence. I honestly think that might be just be destiny at some point. And if you to be around and take the lessons and then to double down and keep going, I think that's a talent in itself, you know, because without you having the balls to take that chance, who knows, who knows what's going on now? You're just, now you're just a guy walking around seeing colors and shit, but not, you know, not, not able to give to people and help them the way you've helped them. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Because, you know, for me, like, you know, again, I had to understand that. And for me to really kind of be in a place where I'm at today, like my mentor told me, she goes like, she goes, I just opened up that door to help you understand the work. Everything that happened after the fact, she goes, it was all you. So I didn't do anything with it. I, she goes, I just opened up a door and I go like, you know, you, you, 
I'll, you, I always joke around saying like, you created this beast, Ellen. Like you created this. I go like, this is what you, you make me do and in a very funny way. And, I, and she goes like, I didn't make you do anything. I go, that's part of spirit, God and how things happen. But she told me that, you know, even though I probably wouldn't have been doing that work as young as I was then, she goes, I would, I would probably be starting this work maybe in my thirties or forties or somewhere down the road that I would still tap into it some, at some point. But by me being at school, and having her there, that's part of that synchronicity, destiny, fate, that's all part of that that's supposed to happen. And ironically, and, and just to kind of clarify things, because I know things are so weird and you have to be politically correct with certain things. My mom worked for the district, so she wasn't like a pedophile trying to like, you know, talk to me in, in weird ways or things of that nature, because people always like, like, you were able to do that? Well, my mom worked for the district. She worked for the school. So it, the, the sad part about it, my mom was at every school that I went to from elementary, junior high to high school. So she knew everything that I was that I was doing and who I was talking to, what I was involved with. And so, you know, I had the blessings and she made sure she got permission from my mother to just to talk about it because she didn't want to get any into issues and things of that nature. But my mom became one of the biggest believers. And now over 20 years of doing this, now my parents realize it's it's not a phase. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you didn't mention the energy thing because, you know, from the experiences I've seen with you so far, it's mostly positive energy. But you also aren't willing. I mean, you, you also are very willing to put yourself in a negative energy aspect. And I've seen you do the paranormal things and and um, come across those things like what would, what's your experiences in, the, in that realm where you're like, OK, this is different. But how do you keep your composure and understand that it's a negative energy and not a positive one? Yeah. So it, what when I go into any any reading, any investigation, location, whatever it is, grounding protection is always my main thing. My grounding could be, you know, simple prayer like the Our Father, the sign of the cross before doing anything my own meditation, grounding protection myself in white light or healing energy. Um, or even sometimes, you know, if it's a, you're going to be a heavy day or whatever, I'll bring like sage or Palo Santo just to kind of like cleanse myself or the energy after the fact. But, you know, I go into investigations into the paranormal per se, um, not skeptical, but trying to document something for people because not everything is paranormal because I've gone to homes where people think that they have a ghost or a poltergeist or things of that nature. And most of the time it could be squirrels, bats, rats, mice in the attic or running around between the walls. It could be pipes that are like rattling that are, that are old. Um, people can sometimes feel nauseated because of like, there's an electrical panel behind the room and they always feel, you know, a, a headache and things of that nature. So there could be many, many different things that may cause what we think that is paranormal. The things that I like to figure out or debunk is like the things that are happening naturally in a home. If I can't debunk it, then I really start bringing in my tools and my equipment and I actually start putting that out there. And there's been many, many moments that I've investigated a lot of locations where there's no way I, I can debunk something. There's no way I, I can figure this out. There's no windows, there's no lighting, like the blinds are closed, like where we hear EVPs and EVPs stand for electronic voice for not phenomenon where spirit speaks of the white noise. Um, I'm not a big fan of orbs, you know, but I've seen orbs happen, you know, like flying through, I mean like streaks, not, not like little bugs, but streaks flying through like rods basically. So those things for me are, are more evidential rather than just, you know, orbs because it can be a bug, dust, you know, someone moving around on the carpet creates a dust. So a lot of people freak out about that, thinks, thinks that, you know, they think they're orbs all over. So I'm not a big, big believer in orbs, but I know that they're out there because it's a source of energy. So going into investigations, it comes from a place of good when I walk into a home. You know, that's always, always, always my, my, my state of mind, because all I want to work with is good light and good energy. I don't want to work anything, quote unquote, demonic or evil. Don't get me wrong. I have experienced something, um, you know, very, you know, 
I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, I, I can't even describe it because it never happened to me. And um, I don't know if you are familiar with them. There was a location um, called the Lynn Vista Hospital in Boyle Heights. And it was actually an insane asylum. And they actually had the ward and they had kept a lot of different people there. And now it's actually um, a convalescent home, ironically, which is a sad thing for older people. But I've investigated many times. And there's a room on the other side of the um, place. I don't know if it's still there, um, that that unit, but it was a, one of the psych wards. And it was room 323. And I was actually filming there for our, my TV show called From Beyond, which was with Mundos. This is about 10, 11 years ago. And I think it was our final episode, 13th episode. And I was provoking, saying, hey, come scratch me, come do this, come do that, because we really didn't capture a lot of stuff. We captured a you know, little bit of EVPs. But for me, again, this is my fault because I asked, I provoked, I was calling upon something that I had no idea what I was messing with. So as we're walking out of the room, production was behind me, there's camera guys, my mic was still on and they were still filming. And then all of a sudden I felt something scratch me. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? And I actually had three marks on the back of my neck that broke my skin and blood you know, was coming out. And the, the camera guy actually had it on camera where there's no one around me. It didn't touch my back of my neck or whatever. And all of a sudden the camera guy production producers are like, everyone get out. They want to shut down production. They were freaked out. They saw how much I was freaked out. But I, this is what I mean. You have to be careful what you wish for. You know, be careful what you ask before you put anything out there. Because if you're going into a location and you want to provoke and, and you're you're trying to get an energy to make itself known, it will happen. So it's being very cautious of it, going into it in the right light, being grounded in the situation. But you know, don't don't do something that you are not ready for. Sorry for my dog. Sorry. Hopefully that's not going to be an issue. You're good. Don't worry about it. All right. Yeah. But I, I just feel like in some ways that when we talk about that, it, it's really coming into good light and good intentions. And that's always the main thing, because when we want to focus on good energy, it's about really focusing on the intent. And so if you're bringing in good light, good energy to place, that's what you're going to attract. So when I go into a home, all I want to let the homeowners know is that I want to help. I want to assist and see what I can do. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get the ghost or spirits out. It doesn't mean that at all, because I don't know if we can truly get rid of energy because some of the energy could be residual. Some of it can be hauntings. Um, some of it can be uh, what we're attracting into our own home. So if you have kids, kids attract natural energy from schools and things of that nature. So they will bring that energy back into the home, just like imaginary friends. When kids have imaginary friends, they're actually spirit people that they're talking to. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I remember the story uh, Momo told about you guys at the cemetery with the orb and like the, the lighting and you having this conversation. And I was like, holy crap, man, that's it's different when someone just says I had this experience and, the, and then, you know, you, you obviously take them for their word. But of course, there's skepticism involved. But like he was there and he's like, I saw the whole thing and it was like surreal. And it, it's interesting that you mentioned that. How would you even uh, get involved with Momo and get into the comedy world? I feel like that's a it's a huge and it's great. I think it's awesome because like to these stories, they they naturally create humor, even if they're not funny in, in nature, like they're very serious. But like, you know, the more serious something is, the more you got to joke about it, sort of, you know. Absolutely. You know, so Momo, I've known him, I think, probably 18 to 20 years. We've known each other for quite some time. And so we basically, you know, we're introduced by a mutual friend of mine or ours that who we don't talk to anymore, basically, which is kind of ironic how that all happened. It was almost like how this all was supposed to come together but Mo and I we um he ended up was doing like um like like a mock like a mock series of uh of, of the paranormal and I think he called it like uh I forgot what it was called and he was just like messing around you know joking around with it and then he knew about my work and what I did and he was like he wasn't a big believer at all and I, he mentioned that at the Bray Improv like I wasn't a big believer I thought AJ was a crock of shit and this and that like you know the whole nine yards and I'm like 
you know, after he had his own experiences and working with me, he realized like, holy crap, there's more to this. So it, that happened very organically. So he goes like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I want to do this series called Grill Encounters, which is, I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but, it, you know, he just uploaded to YouTube. This was probably 15 years ago, if not longer. Um, but when we started filming that, and we would go to homes and investigations and parks and, and you know, hotels and a lot of places that were haunted. And we would go there and document the paranormal. And basically it was kind of like an all Latino cast, which was from a host and, you know, the people that were involved and things of that nature that we created a paranormal kind of series. And uh, it just happened organically. That is the best way I can describe it. It wasn't planned. Um, it just kind of like started flowing together. And then the comedy thing happened. Um, you know, in a very weird way, we would joke around like saying, oh, we should do a show called Smile Now, Cry Later, basically, which would be making people laugh and I make them cry, but not intentionally to make them cry. But it was more so humorous. And so we would always joke around about that. And then finally, it became to a point that, you know, I think like a couple, two years ago in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, three, two years ago, um, where he was like, hey, let's, you know, let's do the brand improv. He goes, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like it's around Halloween. He goes, they're asking for a show, some something like this. And they, I wasn't planning to do any readings, but he goes like, are you open to do readings? And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't even meditate or anything. And I'm like, in my head, it was a thinking. Like, I think he saw the look of shock in my eyes, like deer in headlights. I'm <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I, this is what I'm going to do. And so afterwards, I just started with the reading. And I ended up reading for Hefty, who I didn't even know. I just met him backstage maybe 10, 15 minutes before you know, meeting him. So um, usually I keep to myself those. So that, so that just happened. And so when Brea reached out to do another thing with Momo and me, I was just like, I felt honored because like, you know, they, they used to have um, different types of shows and, and podcasts and things of that nature. So um, for me, that relationship just stayed as a friendship. Like I see him as a brother. We, we talk, you know, I just talked to him yesterday, you know, um, we talk all the time. So I think when you have certain people in your life, they're supposed to be there to help you to teach lessons and learn lessons at the same time, you know, he teaches me, I teach him. So, and we've been, we've been known each other. I mean, there's been, you know, in a very sad way that, you know, he lost his mother, I think a year ago, um, I think a year ago, um, and, uh, it was kind of tough, but he understood the work and, and, he didn't ask me for reading. He didn't ask me for anything, but there was just a conversation that we we're having. And all of a sudden that his mom was bringing through specific details that he wanted to know about. Like he asked his mother, like in a prayer, things that nature praying to her. And he goes, I just asked my mom, my mom, this like a couple of days ago. And you're telling me this, I go, this is too creepy. So when moments like that happen for an individual, it's, it's their soul and spirit letting us know that they're with us. And I think that's a perfect example. It's just like, there's perfect friendships. And I have a lot of, I know a lot of acquaintances. I can't say I have a lot of friends um, because I'm, I'm very guarded because of not only because of what I do, but what people want around me because I've been taken advantage quite often from so-called friends and people around me. And you just have to be with the right, right people. So long as you vibrate with the right people and bring, say with the right energy, that's what you're going to attract. So same thing with you, Danny, or anyone else that's listening. If you, you know, if there's, what's that old saying, Danny, I can't remember it, but the, how your parents say like the people who you hang out with are the people that you're going to be like, or something like there's some saying like that. My mother used to always tell me that all the time. So true. So true. Oh yeah. It's definitely true, man. It, I, I, I saw like this little meme the other day. It was like my friends and 2019 it was like a bunch of people and there's like my friends in 2020 and there was like this little and my friends in 2021 it's like i only have one fucking friend <laughs> i hear you <laughs> but it's more just like a you get older and it's more like you you get better at choosing your circle and knowing that those are the ones that you need to have that have the right energy for you like you said you know and they and they definitely elevate your game in some sort of way they don't they don't bring it down and you're right i mean shit honestly if you were a 
still went into law enforcement, you'd be the best goddamn forensic investigator we had. <laughs> you should still do it. And you should charge a lot. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> Any murder scene, call out AJ Barrera. He knows what the fuck he's doing. There's a ghost right there. He's going to get his ass. You, you know, it's so interesting that you even bring this up here. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually do work a lot with uh, missing persons or in homicide cases. Um, I do it all pro bono. Um, I work with either the families. Um, so typically a family will reach out to me. And most of the time, I don't know what the reading is going to be like because I don't do any of my bookings. My office does and, and they handle everything. So, you know, I don't know what I'm walking into or, or zooming into now when I do a reading. And it could be someone looking for advice, could be connecting with loved ones or wanting to know information. And there's been many moments where, you know, I would actually have people come to my house um, when I used to do private readings years ago at my home. And uh, I would do the readings and it would be like a murder thing or, you know, someone's missing. And I remember one time um, I did this reading um, and the family, it was like a group of like four people. And you like for, for most of us, at least for me, I know a, when I see a cop, you know, not even dressed up, I'm like, he's a cop, he's a detective. And when he sat down, he was literally there taking notes the whole time. And, and I asked him, I go, are you a detective? And he goes like, yeah. He go, and that's and that's all he said. He didn't say anything else. He was there the whole time in the reading, didn't speak at anything. But I, I even teach cl uh, classes with um, law enforcement, with a big department where, where we teach intuitives, the legal side of things and how to work with families and how to work with law enforcement. Because you people have to understand, like, psychics and mediums are the last you know, scenario, the last case that they want to do, unless a family requests to use one. And even then, the detective really doesn't want to use them. Most of the time, I've noticed that smaller departments will be open and receptive to using a psychic or a medium um, to help on a case. But I, I am very straightforward when I say this, and I even set something on my TikTok. I made a video because, you know, sadly, with this whole Gabby Petito case that happened here, and, you know, very sad in the situation. And, and Brian Laundry is still on the run and, you know, people are still searching for him and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But on TikTok, I'm not on it that often. I think that was my last post from several weeks ago is that, you know, people are out there on social medias and talking about, oh, this is what happened to her. Oh, I'm talking to Gabby Spirit or I'm doing like, it's it's so unethical. It makes me so upset. It, it, it's, it's insensitive to people. It's insensitive to the family. Like, so we, ha I put a kind of like a, a PSA out there, like, just don't do it, basically. Like, psychics and mediums do not solve cases. Law enforcement officials do. We're just a tool in their tool belt. That's all we are. And we have to look at that. So I joke around and tell people, I'm kind of like the canine. I sniff out the information and the detective tells a story and communicates to that victim and that individual. So when I work on cases, um, it's it's from the family and then from the family, it goes to the detective and the detective, if the detective wants to work with me, that's up to them. But I don't claim I solve cases at all whatsoever because that's not my job. Again, I'm just a tool. You know, I think that's what people respect about you though, is that you don't have that that shark mentality where you smell a little bit of blood and now you go in and like everyone checked me out. I, I think that's why you are great in your work is that people trust you right away. And that can apply to somebody who does uh, psychic readings. It can be to somebody who is a detective, something like that. When you trust them, you give them more information. The more information you give them, the more they can work with you. And I think people get that. I get that feeling with you completely. I feel like you, you make people comfortable. Um, God forbid you're on stage. I mean, like, most people can't even fathom the idea of being on stage, you know, especially comedians. Even comedians have the highest level of anxiety, which is yeah. a lot of the reasons why they have to go on stage to try to like alleviate that. But um, you're on stage and you have to perform and you know nothing about what you're going to perform. You don't know anyone in the room. And then you're there and, you know, and everyone's looking at you saying, convince me. And you're still up there and you make them feel comfortable. And then an hour later, holy shit, look at who we are. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you're absolutely right about that because, you know, I, I've I'm fortunate because of not only because of Momo, but you know, I got to know a lot of like, 
you know, very well-known comedians within the industry. I've been blessed. And I, it's because of like the trust and the respect and doing it. Like, you know, I, I think I just come from that mentality of just, I want people to just be comfortable with me, you know, because, you know, I, I want people to see this as a casual conversation when we connect with our loved ones. And I know it sounds so odd, but kind of like having a cup of coffee and talking to your loved ones, that's the way I want people to see it or having a cup of tea and, and talking to your loved ones. I, I, because I want people to trust what I'm saying. And it's very difficult. I don't, I don't want to make anyone a believer because they have to have their own belief to kind of go there. But if I can scratch that surface where I can make someone go like, Hmm, maybe there's more out there. Like how did this guy know this? Because I do still get anxiety, no matter how many times I've been on stage and doing this work, I still get anxiety where my heart's beating a mile a minute and my, my stomach is in knots. But once I walk out there and put on that mic, it all goes away. And because what you said, Danny, is like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk on stage. I don't know who I'm going to talk to. Don't know what's going to come through. Don't know how personal, how sensitive, um, how emotional, or how funny these readings will come. But I just let it flow, and I believe that if spirit is coming through. There's a reason why they're coming through. Oh, believe me, you scratch the surface with me. You you scratch me harder than I <laughs> don't scratch you. Trust me. I walked out like you guys see that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I was lying to people. I was like, I know AJ. Don't worry. I got my boy back there. I was making shit up. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> that <Wow>. is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I loved it though. I was like, wow. Like that was a, cause you know, for me personally, you know, um, my, I don't know if I had experiences or not. I'm sure I have, but you know, I've always kind of ignored them, but I was, I, I saw the exorcist when I was like six and I try to ignore that stuff for a long time. I got too scared because I only saw it in a negative light, you know? And then uh, like around like 10 or 11 or 12, I made that conscious decision where I was like, I'm tired of being afraid of this shit. Can't even go right. like I can't even go to the restroom in the middle of the night. Nothing. And it's all like some of it could be physical. Sure. But it's mostly in my head. So I started watching like scary movies like repeatedly just trying to <laughs> conquer my fear. Right. Of just like the the bad part of the paranormal. And then right. once, I, once I conquered that part, I started being way more receptive to it. Like now I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. And um, now I see only I see a lot more of the good part of the paranormal, like like what you do. And I'm and I'm way more like open to it. As for some people, they just want to ignore it altogether because it's, it's too taboo for them. Like, nope, I don't, I don't feel comfortable in this realm. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to fuck with it. Nothing. But looking back, I'm glad I conquered those fears because that show yeah. made it fascinating for me, not scary. Yeah, we, we, have, we have to look at that in, in the right perspective, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm very straightforward with my work, but also with when it comes down to paranormal or readings and things of, things of that nature. You know, we see things on television and we expect things to happen that way, especially if paranormal is portrayed in a negative light. So we expect that, oh, my God, this is what we're going to experience or this is what, you know, the uh, the poltergeist or ghost or the conjuring or, or, you know, all these different things. Like one of my favorite movies is Ghost with uh, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg. You know, um, there's, you know, two, you know, one other big actor, I can't remember his name, but, you know, those who haven't watched Ghost, it, it makes complete sense to me because there's so many moments where Molly Jensen, which is Demi Moore's character, um, she she has a moment where she's walking around and I think she's uh, just sitting in her li living room and Sam's spirit is in the living room and she feels like that she senses him. She just stops and she goes, Sam, is that you? And he speaks, but she can't hear, obviously. And he goes, I'm here with all my heart. There's moments like that that we have that spirit tries to communicate with us around our celebrations, our birthdays, our death anniversary. We just have to pay attention. And, and what we hear, how we hear that message is not the same way that we expected. So we're not going to hear this big almighty voice saying, hey, this is Joe from 1969 that passed from a heart attack. I'm your uncle. This is how I want to come through. 
it's going to be more so a thought, your own thought, how it's going to come through out of nowhere, or it's going to be a feeling, a gut feeling or chills, or, or say, for instance, that you're a, a grandmother figure or a mother figure in your life loved, you know, a certain perfume and you start smelling that certain scent around and out of randomly. So they'll do all these different things to get your attention, to let you know they're around you. So it, it's about being open and receptive to all that information, but understanding that that spirit is all around us. Spirit is truly all around us. And, and we have to know that going into this work, it, it's about just commu communication, bridging that gap. Oh yeah. You're, you're the real life Otome Brown, 100%. I, I believe <laughs> Well, you know what? Well, you know what's interesting about that because you know I don't know if Gil, I, I because I couldn't. I was meditating right before you know I went on stage for like 15 minutes, and I don't meditate that long. But I just felt like the anxiety. I felt the anticipation of everyone. Like I can feel that energy just back there, and I'm like, oh my god. But I don't. I know Gil was saying like you know he wasn't a big believer in in my work, and you know he wasn't open to it. But literally, as soon as we went behind the curtain. I started reading for him and I'm not going to go into details. He may share, he may have shared it with you or not, but I told him certain things where he had tears in his eyes where he was just like whole and Momo was there. was like, Holy crap. I'm like, you know, so there's, there's stuff like that where you not making anyone, anyone a believer, but again, you're allowing them to be open and receptive. Like a lot of people think that, you know, I'm like, I think the boy's name is Cole from the sixth sense. You know, they think I see spirit with their head shut off if they were in an accident or if there was someone that was hit by a car and to see them that way, they don't come through that way. They'll show me people in my life to identify how they want to come through. So when they give me names, they show me people that I, that I know, or they show me their, their life story or their occupation to identify them. So again, you know, seeing things on television and experience them in real life are two completely different things as you can, you know, say and witness for, for that, because like, you know, it's not all just edit down. Like my work is like, and I, and I, and I will be straightforward. I can be wrong and misinterpret things. I have no problem saying that there are mediums that are so on their pride and it's, you no, know, it has to be this. It, it is right. You're going to know this for me. I, I, I can say I can and will be wrong because I will be. And that's what this work is all about is accepting, knowing your truth, but also living your true authentic self with this work and being the light for other people. And again, that's more reason why people trust you, you know, because you're not full of shit that you're like, hey, there's sometimes I get it wrong. But, you know, hey, Bill Belichick calls the wrong fucking plays every now and then. OK, he's still the best coach. there is, You know, it, yeah. you know, what I'm saying the, the honesty involved in that is uh, is why people is why I respect it, to be honest with you, sir. And um, AJ, I promise you 30 to 45 minutes. We did 30 to 45 minutes. I know you're a busy man and you got, you got readings to do and you got. You know, gotta go go to banks and be automate brown and take out some money and shit. I know you got I know you got all your shit you gotta do today. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Oh shit. <laughs> but uh I was extremely honored to talk to you. Honestly, uh I always take pride in this podcast being uh what I want it to be. I know sports, MMA, music, film, true heroes, uh you know, local businesses, true crime and you know, people like you is what makes this podcast what it is. So I really, you know, appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us. Oh, absolutely, Danny. I appreciate you for having me on. And I'll definitely connect with you on socials and everything so we can be in contact, whatever. So if it's your 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 station, your podcasts, or your own IG or whatever, we'll connect that way as well. I'll make sure I get your info from my assistant as well so we can connect, you know. Yeah, beautiful. In fact, what, what are your uh, handles so we can uh, tell our guests here if they ever have any interest in your services or whatnot? Absolutely. You know, all my information, like for private readings or classes, workshops, upcoming events um, or online events, it's going to be at ajbarrera.com. TikTok is uh, aj underscore Barrera. Instagram, aj underscore Barrera. Facebook, Psychic Medium, aj Barrera. Twitter, 
uh, AJ Barrera. So yeah, you can find me all there. And most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm all my socials the best way I can. I'm not always on there 24 seven, but if you guys do see any fake accounts, because it happens to a lot of our colleagues, I do have multiple people that are creating fake accounts. So I want to put that out there. If you ever get a friend request or someone saying, send me money via Zelle or cash app or whatever, do not send them report or block that account. And just be aware, just kind of like, you know, do your diligence research, the, you know, make sure that it's an official account of mine. I don't have a blue check mark on Instagram, but I do have it on Twitter and Facebook, I believe. And, uh, but hopefully that Instagram will hopefully verify so we can make sure people are not getting scammed, being taken advantage by these people that are, you know, you know, taking it, take, just taking advantage of other people who really want to have a connection or really want to have a ring. So just be cautious of everyone else that's, that follows me on any social platform that, you know, I won't send you a message to book a reading. Everything's sent through my office at ajbarrera.com. Beautiful. AJ Barrera, thanks again. I had a blast. This was awesome. Awesome. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Say hi to your dog for me. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Later, brother. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with the great psychic medium, AJ Barrera. Thanks a lot, AJ, for coming on the show, man. I had a great time, dude. All that stuff is, uh, it's just fun stuff to talk about, man. Who, who doesn't talk about that stuff with their friends or their family or just when you're drunk or something, or sober too, but way funner when you're drunk, yeah, or at least high or something. But yeah, man, it was a phenomenal experience for me to talk. To. Like I said, it was just an insane experience just to be there in the crowd and see you put that work in. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. I'm looking forward to more to seeing more of your work. Uh, for everyone who wants to get in touch with AJ, he has his website, he has his social media, which I will put in the podcast description. He just noted it right now at the end of our podcast. And uh, go check it out, man. Go see it for yourself. It's one of those things where you really have to just see it for yourself. And then and then you'll be like, oh, shit. Danny Rodriguez, the alternate take was right. God damn, boy. What's my ball right there? And then that's it. We can hang out. We can be friends. You know? But if you don't do that, we won't be friends. So go check out AJ Barrera's work and enjoy the show, man. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys soon. Peace.